the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Ozaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today Pastor Sean wants us to cross over the bridge to financial freedom. You know, on our currency, it says, in God we trust. Pastor Sean wants to encourage you that this is true. Believe that. This is Real Life Radio. I want to continue the Bridges series this morning that we've been talking about. Bridges going from here to there. And I hope you've been sensing God kind of revealing some things to you. I know I have. The, the main idea is that there are things that God designed us for. There are things the Word of God teaches. There are things that we're supposed to be living and enjoying as followers of Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, there's also sometimes where we actually are. And even the best of us can look at areas and go, here's where I am, and I love Jesus, but boy, when the Word of God is talking about this, it feels like I'm, I've got a ways to go. I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I'm here. And so the good news is God's Word lays out what I'll call bridges that will take us from where we are to where God intends for us to be. And for some of us, man, we don't even have a relationship with God, so that bridge is just having a relationship with Him. But there's lots of different areas that we want to look at. And I think for some folks, they're frustrated and they don't even know why because they don't necessarily know there is a there. And so I'm hoping we can see that there are some things that God designed us for and has for us that we want to look at. We started out by talking about vision. The bridge to a new vision is an encounter with the ultimate visionary. This idea that there really is something more. And that's what vision is all about. And so that's where we began. Last week, we talked about the bridge to our sweet spot, that place where things work. The sweet spot is not a place where there's no adversity, where there's no trials or no hard places. But it is a place where things are working and where you thrive. And that resonated with a lot of people. I think a lot of us... Folks felt, you know, I'm not sure I'm in that place of my sweet spot. And so the bridge to our sweet spot was maybe a little counterintuitive. We saw the bridge to our sweet spot is the bridge marked surrender. That when we surrender to his way, our designer, and we start working consistent with his calling, his gifting, how he designed us, we actually find that place of fulfillment and of effectiveness. And so that's what that's all about. And if you missed that last week, you can check that online at reallife.org. This week, as I told you, I want to talk about the bridge to financial freedom. And some people go, oh, no, preacher's going to be talking about money. Oh, God, here it goes. We know all about that. You know what? Come on. We talk about money all the time. I mean, really, the money is one of those things. It's kind of a big deal. In and of itself, it's neutral. It's just a medium of exchange. But it is how we meet our needs. And because of it being how we meet our needs, it is deeply personal. And it influences all kinds of areas of our lives. And I'm sad to say a lot of people are getting beat up when it comes to this area of finances. And interestingly enough, the scripture talks more about finances than it talks about prayer. And it talks a lot about prayer. 
It talks about it all the time. And what, the, the reason this is so important is because finances are one of those things, because it's how we meet our needs, that it can either lead us to God in a greater and deeper level of worship and of communion, relationship with him, or it will lead us away from him, which is idolatry. So this is a big deal, and it affects all kinds of areas of our lives. Research shows that money is one of the topics that couples fight over most during their newlywed years. It's the most frequently reported issue that couples argue about. Both, for both men and women, disagreements over money were significant predictors or indicators of the intent to divorce. One study found that 66% of couples, two-thirds, have problems associated with major debt, and that debt is one of the top five financial stumbling blocks in marriage. Conversely, one of the unique strengths of the majority of what we'll call happily married couples is that they don't have major debt. Nearly one in three, over 30% of couples say finances cause the most stress in their relationships, followed distantly by intimacy issues, 11%, Child issues, their children, 9%, and their in-laws, 4%. And since my in-laws go to church here, that's not something we ever have to (coughs) think about or (coughs) worry about. I actually have great in-laws, so it really actually isn't an issue. From a 2014 study by the National Foundation of Credit Counseling, nearly 80% of those surveyed admitted that their personal finances keep them awake at night. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands at all. But think, if you're someone who's part of that 80%, if your financial things have caused you to just lie awake and be thinking about it, obsessing, worrying about it. Among American consumers age 18 and older, 71% of those consumers admitted to having personal finance worries about either not enough savings, job issues, debt, or credit as the top things on that list. Women report experiencing nearly twice as much high or overwhelming financial stress as men. 28% of women reported experiencing high or overwhelming financial stress during the first quarter of 2011, while only 17% of men reported that same level of stress. That's still a huge number. And ladies, I just want to tell you, um, there's this thing that we men have. It's the ability to switch off like a part of our brain and watch a football game. You need to look into that. It's awesome. Okay. Just that ability to kind of kind of just shut off a part of your brain and go, that doesn't exist, la, 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 I can't hear you, can't hear you. Watch the game. You really ought to look in. That's really nice. You remember the teaching Darna McGinnis did a number of years ago where she talked about women are, or, or men are like an ice tray with all these different compartments? It, it's true, and it's awesome. And she said women are like a bowl of spaghetti where it's all connected. I know that can be awesome at times, but you really ought to look into this shutting the thing off once in a while. It's a thing. It's kind of nice. But those kind of worries are a part of all of us. Listen to this. Financial stress causes an estimated 60% of illness, directly or indirectly. The American Psychological Association has identified it as the leading cause of unhealthy behaviors, such as overeating, smoking, alcohol, and drug abuse. That's what I'm talking about. The crippling impacts of financial burdens of debt. Relationships lost over it. As a pastor, I, I... Sadly, can report to you, I've been in a front row seat to watch people dump their relationships because of money. 
And, not even, and I'm not even talking about people who necessarily were really tight and couldn't afford things and had just the stress. I'm talking about people who couldn't come to terms and so they walked away from their relationship because of money. It's like the person you walked down the aisle with and you said you love, now what you're going to have is kind of half the resources and not have that person. None of it made sense to me, but I've seen it happen. I've seen entire lives derailed because of financial bondage and financial burdens. And I just want to say that is a bondage that God never intended. He never intended for us to become slaves either to the idea of getting money or of keeping money. Either can become a type of bondage and a slavery, and that was not God's design. He created us for something else. That's why today we're going to talk about the bridge to financial freedom. Now, the Bible talks a lot about money, but I'm going to go to one of my very favorite, my go-to passages when it comes to this because it's so powerful. It's Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Matthew 6, 19 through 34. Now, what I want to tell you before we... I've got to give you a little kind of prep talk before we get into this. Because this is a section of the Sermon on the Mount. It's a beautiful passage. But there are some things that we're about to read that will be considered for some of us so radical that we will be tempted to just kind of brush this off as, oh, it's beautiful poetic language, but it's really of no practical value to us. And I just want to say that is a huge mistake. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's been called the Magna Carta of the kingdom of God. Jesus is not just waxing eloquent here so that he can be considered artistic. No, he's sharing some things that he wants us to grasp to see. It's like he's looking at it from some different lenses and and kind of talking to us about it and saying, look at it here, look at this, look at this. And he wants us to take this deeply practically and to see it as something very real. So let's take off our, oh my gosh, isn't that lovely language lenses and put our honest kind of, is he really saying this lenses? Because he really is. And I want us to look at that. Begin at verse 19. Jesus says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right away, there's, there's so much there. I could take like the next three weeks and talk about those passages. In fact, in prepping this message, I actually started to get overwhelmed about how much I wanted to talk about. So I got to tell you, we're going to do a series on finances right after the new year or sometime in the spring and just really unpack this over a number of weeks because there's so much there that God has for us, good material. But in this little thing, I want to suggest you, Jesus isn't saying don't ever save. He's saying you better understand the, you can't store it up here on earth. You, you can, but it's going to be gone. And it is possible for us to store it up in heaven, to send it ahead where moths, rust, thieves, death, don't take it away. And then he makes this statement that, to me, is so powerful. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I've told you before, that seems backwards to me. I would have said, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. But that's not what he said. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So what he's telling us, I believe, is there is a way for us to actually train our heart and direct our heart by directing our resources because there is a connection. Because of that deeply personal nature of resources, I believe he's saying you can actually direct your heart by directing your resources. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He goes on. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What do you see? 
No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. There can only be one number one. That's obvious. But he's pointing it out for us. Verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or worry about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and body more important than the clothes? Now, right away, you're going to kind of look at me and say, Sean, you've got to be practical. Come on, somebody's got to work a real job. You know, you're a pastor, Sean. You, you, get, we got, you got a sweet deal one day a week. It's great work if you can get it, right? You get up there, you spout your opinion for 40 minutes, you go home. It's nice, but, but we've got real jobs. We have real stuff we have to do. And, and of the pragmatists among us will sit and go, how do we, what am I even supposed to do that? Do not worry about my life when we eat or drink, what, what, what I'm going to wear. Well, Jesus explains it. And I want you to say he's talking very practically here, very literally. Because he says, verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Has it ever helped you move the ball downfield? What has it brought you? Stress, pain, according to the American Psychological Association, addiction. Verse 28, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry saying, shall we eat, or shall, what shall we drink? What, what shall we eat, what do we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers, run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Some of you need to underline that phrase, because that's the linchpin here for you. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. This is practical. He's not saying, you don't need this stuff. Oh, don't worry, let's just all wear sandals and run through the flowers and kind of sing songs. He's saying, no, no, God knows about the practical realities. He's really smart. He knows you need them. He promises to provide them. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to the teaching from Matthew chapter 6. This is Real Life Radio. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is so powerful. Jesus gives us a clue as to how deeply important this is, because he said it's a matter of the heart, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's a matter of vision. If your eye is good, your vision is good, your whole body will follow, it'll be good. It's a matter of service. You can't serve both God and money. So your heart, your eye, your hand. But I want to suggest there's a foundational idea here that is assumed in his audience because he's speaking to a primarily Jewish audience. There's an idea here that if we don't kind of, we can get so overwhelmed, we'll miss it. This foundational truth that runs through this whole passage. And I think it's the real barrier for many of us. It's also our bridge for this week's message. The bridge, if you're taking notes, write this down. The bridge to financial freedom is the bridge marked trust. The bridge to financial freedom is the bridge marked trust. Jesus is talking to a group of people who fundamentally have this idea of a God who we're supposed to trust. And I think some of us might have that same idea, but I don't think we can assume that in our culture anymore. Jesus is saying, you have to understand that God is someone that you can actually put your real life trust in. The bridge to financial freedom is the bridge marked trust. I want to suggest this challenge is, a, a, is the bridge marked trust. I want to suggest this challenge is a, a, or this passage is a challenge to our trust. And that without some idea of trust, it is really just nice poetry. What do you trust? That's a big deal for us. I was talking to Ryan beforehand, and he's telling me he had a handle on trust, so I asked him to kind of come out and enlighten us. Ryan, will you come, come on out? Ladies and gentlemen, my son, Ryan, Ryan Azaro. Good to see you, bud. Grab yourself a mic there. Ryan is going to teach us about trust because you've got a handle on trust. This is what I see, right? Because of the dad you were raised with. Is that what it is? Why? <laughs> okay. You're going to teach us about trust. All right, fine, Ryan. I've got an idea. I've got an idea here. Do me a favor. Turn around. Turn around right here. You, can, you know the deal where you fall back and someone catches you as a kind of an illustration of trust? Well, I've got some volunteers who have assured me they can handle this, and they're going to catch you, and they are going to kind of help you fall like a feather, like a feather. Okay, now, you, are you ready? Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. All right, first, turn around, take a look at my volunteers so you know you can trust them. No. What, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you talk about? No. What, what, is this on? I want people to hear this. What are you, what they, are you talking about? They are very small <laughs> and probably would drop me yeah. on my head. Are you sexist? No. They're <laughs> tiny. They're, they're, they're very they're, small. Th- together, they probably weigh as much as you. I, I've got, I think, okay, fine, That's fine. So idea. you're not going to do this with these guys. No. Thank you, volunteers. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Turn this way. Do me a favor. Turn this way. All right. I've got a couple other volunteers. Can I get my other volunteers up here? Where are you? Where are you? There's one. Where's my other volunteer? Yes, gentlemen, come here, please. All right. Now, turn around and take a look at these volunteers. Will you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You'll trust these volunteers? Yes. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. All right. Hand me the mic. I'm actually doing it. Of course you're actually, of course you're actually doing it off the stage. This is so exciting. The Lord is so trustworthy like these two gentlemen. Gentlemen, are you ready? <laughs> this is going to be awesome. You ready? Yeah. All right. Extra show us about trust, Ryan. <laughs> well done, guys. 
that's what trust is like because at some point, real trust is defined not by talking about it, not by a cute little illustration, but you actually dive. You actually jump. You actually entrust yourself into the hands of whomever it is who you said you trust. Some area of your life, whatever it is, but you're trusting someone. And I think it's wise to kind of make sure that who you're trusting, there's those two young ladies who are here, are wonderful servants of God, workers in this deal, but they probably weigh about half of what Ryan weighs. And he understandably was a little nervous. But you get a couple guys who probably weigh more than he does. And it was, oh, okay. Trust is one of those things. Here's the thing. This impacts every area of our lives. I don't think we even realize how much we entrust ourselves to every day without even thinking about it. How many things we just, just like Ryan did, throw ourselves into without even really considering it. How about the highway, transportation system, roads, traffic? We all came here probably by the highways this morning in some capacity. And we got on the roads. We trusted that the rules weren't going to all change, that everyone kind of was going to do what they're supposed to do. We wrapped ourselves in three to 4,000 pounds of steel and went 70 miles an hour because we basically trusted this system. I know it. It's worked every other day. So I'm just going to trust the system. We do it all the time. How about communications? Your phones, internet, all the things that we use, a lot of our work. If our communication system shut down tomorrow, we'd be messed up. The power grid. We just flip on the lights and just assume it's going to work because we trust the system. You know, if the power grid down went down, that'd be, a, that'd be a bit of a problem. Ask California. They'll tell you all about it. How about food service or food production? Many of us will go out to eat after service today or maybe we'll go to the grocery store or something. We're trusting that the food is good, that it's healthy, that it's fine. Think about airplanes. Actually, don't think about airplanes, okay? Because when you stop and think about, well, of course I'm going to get in this very light craft designed to be kind of buoyant, and I'm going to go up, and I'm going to go six, 700 miles an hour at 10,000 feet. Why wouldn't I? But we do it all the time. We trust it. How about the banking system? See, when we lose our trust in one of these systems, um, we start looking for alternatives, and things begin to crumble. Uh, remember Y2K. Remember Y2K and all that stuff? Yeah, I've still, if you need a large bag of beans, I've got some of those um, that I can help you with. And, and uh, I think we still have, we got one or two generators left. Um, so talk to me after service. Please, that, that was a joke. Don't come up to me afterwards. Hey, I want one of them generators. You know, that's, we don't really. But that was an example of kind of the whole thing. When you lose your trust, that was all about us thinking our system might not work. And that would create a big problem. That's why finances is such a big deal because it is how we meet our needs and as such, we routinely and regularly interact with our trust. It's a deeply rooted trust issue. And Jesus is challenging us here in Matthew 6 to find freedom in a different kind of trust. So I want to ask you very practically, what do you trust when it comes to finances? Who do you trust? And I know we're in church. Well, the answer is God, Jesus, of course. No, I mean as evidenced by your behavior. Because that's real. And the beginning of even processing this passage is understanding, okay, here's what Jesus said. I've got to align myself 
What do you really trust? What would your behaviors, your decisions say you trust when it comes to finances? Because the key to financial freedom is this idea. The bridge to financial freedom is this bridge marked trust. So a few questions to help us process this this morning. First, number one, do you trust God's intention? Because that's where we have to start. Because we talk about trusting God and some of you are like, okay, okay, whatever. Some people don't even trust God's intention when it comes to their finances. They have this weird negative theology that says, you know, oh, if I trust my finances to God, I know what he wants. He wants me to be poor because that'll be good for my character and my spirit. He wants me to be miserable. And heaven's going to be great one day, but right now he's just going to wreck everything. See, you, you laugh. Some people walk through life like that. I'm like, where do you get that weird theology? This weird idea that God wants you miserable. I, I don't find that anywhere in Scripture. What do you think of God's intentions when it comes to your finances? I want to share three things that I believe biblically are God's intention when it comes to every area of our life, but including our finances. He does not want us in bondage. One, He wants us free. Freedom is one of God's intentions for you. Financial freedom. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Bridges. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at the website reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Not everyone has the opportunity to go on a mission trip to see what life can be like for those living in poverty overseas. But there is something really cool coming to our area that will get you as close to another country and culture as possible without needing a passport. November 14th through the 17th, the Compassion Experience will be at River City Community Church in Selma, Texas. It's a chance for you to be immersed in the sights and sounds of daily life in another country without leaving ours. You'll travel through over 3,000 square feet of interactive exhibit space, visiting homes in Uganda, schools in India, and markets in Bolivia. You'll learn what it's like to travel from hardship to hope. It's completely free, appropriate for all ages, and could radically change the way your family looks at global poverty. Again, the Compassion Experience is this Friday through Monday at River City Community Church, November 14th through 17th. To learn more, go to Compassion.com slash change. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.